0: The Surgeon General has finally issued a social media warning for kids. After a year of being liberated from the platforms myself, I'm pondering if more of us might benefit from that warning. Even some of us artists and small business owners who think that it's required in order to do business. I'm Shannon Hayes, and you're listening to Season 4, Episode 8 of The Hearth of Setbush Hollow. (laughs) Welcome to The Hearth of Sapbush Hollow, chronicles and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Sapbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains of upstate New York. I'm the chef-owner of Sapbush Cafe, a farm-to-table and neighbor-to-neighbor experience, open Saturdays, 9 to 2, from April through November in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton. And I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers, The Grass-Fed Gourmet, and Redefining Rich. Chocolate Cinnamon Cappuccino Honey Fig Pecan Apricot Gingerbread I'm experimenting in the cafe kitchen the day after the Surgeon General's warning is released, proclaiming that social media may harm children and adolescents. The counters are scattered with the different add-in ingredients. Cinnamon chocolate filling, diced figs infusing in milk, minced apricots and chopped candied ginger. I've developed one muffin recipe that I think is a good foundation to work with. Then I tweak it based on the muffin flavor I'm envisioning. I swap out honey for sugar with the fig pecan. Swap out molasses for honey in the apricot gingerbread. Last year, I boldly declared that 2022 was the year of the muffin. I began the experiments then. Cranberry orange nut, cinnamon streusel, raspberry lemon, Now, I can't seem to let it go. I'm forever on a quest to develop the next great muffin. In 2022, I also developed a fascination with the 9x12 pan. Each week during the season, I experimented with a new dessert that could be prepared in the classic baking pan. This year, I find myself scanning cookbooks and websites for more new recipe ideas. As I mix and scoop the muffin batter... The music hums in the background, Saoirse works on her computer out front singing along, and I'm smiling to myself. For years, I was too tired to try new things. Suddenly, I can't stop playing in the kitchen to expand my culinary repertoire. Something has shifted inside of me. I think the Surgeon General's warning has something to do with it. When I published Radical Homemakers in 2010, friends came to me and told me that I absolutely had to create social media accounts. I got a Twitter account. I got a Facebook account. Daily, I sat at my computer, I didn't have an iPhone yet, and attempted to come up with quippy, salient messages that would earn me circulations, likes, and follows. It wasn't enough to promote myself as a writer on those platforms. Next, I had to create farm accounts and post to those as well. Then the cafe opened, and the social media push was really on. Each week I devoted a morning to developing campaigns and planning out posts. We bought tripods and mics and lighting. One corner of the cafe kitchen grew cluttered with all the equipment. We got an Instagram account, and I read books on how to do reels. Yes. Yes. I had to read a book about it, and we worked to develop one-minute videos. Bob and I created a YouTube channel and expanded to create 15- and 20-minute videos demonstrating how to cook the various recipes we were preparing in the cafe. I wrote the next book proposal, and those followers we gained on social media became a currency. Their presence, (laughs) or absence, was considered an indicator for whether or not I had the following behind me to guarantee sales. I stopped knitting in the evenings because I couldn't hold onto the needles long enough to get any stitches done before I picked up my phone to respond to a comment on one of the platforms or to create a new post or to look at other posts. And oh, those other posts. Every other farmer and cafe owner, all more clever, more quippy, and infinitely more visually attractive than me. Every book owner had more followers, more engagement, Every time I picked up my phone, I was reminded of my shortcomings. I'm a lifelong avid reader, but I noticed my reading habits changed. Suddenly, the hours I could spend lost in a book dwindled to less than five minutes. I could hardly get through a paragraph before I found myself scrolling through social media on my phone. I was on a perpetual quest to show the farm, the cafe, and myself as a writer in the best possible light. And then... My Facebook account got hacked and shut down in January of 2022. The Instagram account hung by a tenuous thread because of its link to the Facebook account. So did our bank accounts and credit cards. What a wretched mess that was. With one little whoosh from a hacker in Hanoi, Vietnam, I was swept into cyber oblivion and faced with the challenge of trying to resecure all the bank accounts and reclaim my identity. I should have been an emotional wreck. Instead, I was gobsmacked by the overwhelming sense of peace. No more scrolling. No more posts to generate. Bob and I began to fantasize about going forward with our business without ever returning to it. We worked at coming up with better marketing schemes in an effort to compensate. We reconstructed the mailing list that Mom built up 20 years ago. We had the kids draw postcards and created mailers. The blog, podcast, and our digital newsletter became our only digital presence. Those were the simple conscious changes we made. And contrary to what we thought would happen, the farm did not take a financial hit. We saw a 5% increase in sales even as we gave ourselves extra time off to navigate Bob's cancer treatments. And as I sit here in a cafe kitchen filled with muffin ingredients mulling over the Surgeon General's warning, I wonder if the same warning might apply to farmers and small business owners. Some claim to be successful using social media as a marketing technique, but now, in hindsight, it all added up to a lot of wasted hours and unnecessary anxiety for me. Perhaps this is owing to my introversion. Maybe the push for social media performance was just too taxing on my personality type. But just because I don't enjoy performing on camera and putting myself out there doesn't mean I shouldn't have a successful family business. The chocolate cinnamon cappuccino muffins come out of the oven first. sersha begins circling for the first sample, and I consider that tiny bump in sales from 2021 to 2022. This year to date, the increase is greater still. Yet, why do I feel like I'm working a whole lot less? I think it's because I'm not stopping every second to take a picture of my muffin powder or the diced apricots next to the candied ginger. I'm not trying to shoot little food porn reels of stirring, whisking, or sprinkling the streusel topping. I'm not putting out informational videos about how to develop a muffin recipe. Nor am I worrying about whether someone else is making better muffins or creating nicer muffin movies. I'm just in my kitchen, doing what I love, fully present in the experience. I'm not creating content, I'm creating from my heart. And I'm in a state of flow, fixated on texture and flavor. More to the point, I notice that I'm not tired, I'm not anxious, I'm not worried about the passage of time. Rather than trying to convey my experience to the world, I'm settling into the depth of the experience for myself. And that does not generate likes. That doesn't generate followers. But it somehow is coming through in the business. A space has opened up in my heart to fall in love with my work and my life anew. I'm doing more than inventing muffin recipes. I've gone from requiring a couple months to read a single book to reading a couple books in a single month. I'm finding time to work more on my own writing. The time I would have spent scheduling social media posts has gone to practicing baritone saxophone. I'm knitting my dog a sweater. Bob and Dula make their way from the farm down to the cafe as the last two muffin batches come out of the oven. They're all circling now, ready to recipe test, loving this moment, celebrating the flavors of something new. No cameras emerge to capture the event. No posts announce it to the world. It's just us doing our thing. The pleasures of life, whether it's the work of the business, the connection with family and friends, the joy of a hobby, or my passion to write, are more present than ever with the pressure to perform for social media removed. Yes, we have sacrificed digital popularity, but we've traded up for real life staying power. And when it comes to keeping a business going and staying healthy enough to enjoy it, that's a real long-term gain. I wish the Surgeon General would add that to his report. Hey folks, it is officially June. That means our dad's, grad's, brides, and grooms bedding and yarn sale is on. All wool blankets, comforters, pillows, and yarn are 20% off. So if you need a graduation gift, a wedding gift, a Father's Day gift, hop over to sapbushfarmstore.com and place your order. The sale runs for the entire month, so check it out. Sapbush Cafe is now open for the season, every Saturday from 9 to 2 until Thanksgiving, except October 21st and 29th when we do plan to go on vacation. The prefix farm farm-to-table special for Saturday, June 3rd will be Morros y Cristianos, Cuban-style black beans and rice topped with wood-smoked chorizo and paired with locally-made organic curtido. And... There'll be café con leche cake for dessert. On Saturday, June 10th, we'll be having split pea soup, dad's maple-smoked ham hock, salad and hearth bread, and chocolate cake with vanilla icing. You can check out the weekly Prefix Farm-to-Table specials on the blog at sapbush.com. Our online website, sapbushfarmstore.com, continues to be stocked with our grass-fed pastured meats and eggs, as well as wool bedding and yarn. Feel free to check it out. Or, better yet, if you're in the area, come by the honor store any time of the day or night located in the Little Red Shed at the back of the cafe parking lot. The address is 832 West Fulton Road, West Fulton, New York. If you'd like to come see us for a getaway, our farm-to-table retreat on Panther Creek is taking bookings through Airbnb. And we've opened the Tenter site to accept reservations. You can find it by searching for Calico Ridge, Sapbush Hollow, and Tenter.com. If you want to stay on top of cafe and farm specials, farm happenings, or follow my musings on the blog when the podcast goes silent in the fall and winter, be sure to head over to the website at either sapbush.com or theradicalhomemaker.net and sign up for the newsletter. We don't do social media, as you just heard, so this is the only way to keep tabs on us. Plus, when you do, you can download a free workbook that pairs with my latest book, Redefining Rich, winner of a Nautilus and an Axiom Medal. If you enjoy the slower things in life, you can also join our snail mail list and get Ula's hand-drawn postcards with notices about special offers and our CSA program. You can even be entered in a drawing to win a free CSA share by emailing me at shannon at satbush.com with your address. If you enjoyed this, please take a few minutes to leave a review. This helps other folks find my work. And please, share this podcast with friends and family. This helps to get the ideas to spread. Better still, you can help make the magic happen for as little as $1 a month by hopping over to Patreon and looking up Shannon Hayes. Or, if it's easier, you can also donate to support the podcast by sending a check to Shannon Hayes, care of Sapbush Hollow Farm, 832 West Fulton Road, West Fulton, New York, 12194 and that's a really important thing to do because all of this the podcast the blog the novels and books and the creative recharging that happens over fall and winter are a result of the support of my patrons on patreon and this week i'd like to send a shout out to my patrons Kay johnson and justine buchanan thank you folks could not do it without you. In case you were wondering, this podcast was produced and edited by the sexiest man alive, my husband Bob Hooper, and the great music we're listening to comes to us from Emory. Thanks for listening and have a great week.
1: Now the birds are singing about all the things they've seen over in the other country, sowing seeds and reaping dreams in her think that I am.